All right, Trace, I have a question for you. Yeah. Are these people role? Pl- are these NASCAR drivers that role play as Sonic characters? No, no. Or are these people role playing as Sonic characters if they race NASCAR? That's exactly it. That- We're talking like oh. Tails wearing a fire suit, bitching that he got penalized at the last race for exiting too fast off pit lane. Why would Sonic need to drive a NASCAR? Because he's already got to go fast on his own. What if he did it in the car as well? I mean, Dude, well, did you play well, I mean, Sonic like Transformers? Exactly. Like, I mean, are we t- wait? Are we talking like they're pushing pedals or like there's no floor and they're running? Oh no, they're pushing pedals. I mean, oh, it, okay. we're, we're talking That's mechanical less here. Yeah, it. That's way. I mean, less come on! Didn't you all play Sonic Racing Transformed or Team Sonic Racing, whatever that game was? Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. It's, it's in the lore, damn it. I mean, it is true. Na- uh, Danica Patrick is a Sonic friend. She is. She's part of the OCs. What is Rouge's job in the Sonic NASCAR universe? Oh, I didn't delve into this enough to know for sure, but she's probably like a Janet Guthrie. She's a Guthrie. super spy. You gotta imagine that she's gotta be on some like hot NASCAR tech. So, what's e- the hot NASCAR tech? Is it turning left? Or have they figured out how to turn right yet? No, it's toy to undermining the entire track sport. That's a, that's a proper. That's a proper track. Um, there, oh, there, man. You, you want to get to my NASCAR knowledge? Because I can start talking NASCAR knowledge. There's, like, <laughs> the two main road courses they've always run at are Watkins Glen and Sonoma, which was once Sears Point, which was once Infineon, and it's gone through a bunch of names. They also run at the Roval at Charlotte now, which is an infield road course that's always been there, but they gussied it up to make it look really good. Hmm. Um, and I think they're going to race at the Indianapolis road course this year, if I'm not mistaken. Although they may have already done that in the Lesser Series, and it might just be there, because all the Lesser Series, they run the good road courses they won't touch in the Cup Series. So, yeah, they do turn right sometimes. Who is going to create the XFL of NASCAR? Also, Um, surprisingly, Vince McMahon. I'm trying to think of the answer to that, and... Formula X. (laughs) You mean, like, Formula E? But it's X. But it's X, yeah, shoot. Is that just F-Zero? Formula no. E is turning into F-Zero. They're, they're, they have what they call um, attack mode. And it's you running off, off lane over a strip of AR-rendered you know, patch of road. And once you do that, you get extra boost for three minutes. Yeah, okay. all right. Wait, is, all right. I've lost. I've lost the plot. Is this a real life thing, or is this, this a is a real game? life thing? This is um, the all electric <laughs> Formula series. Huh. And it's a world championship now by FIA standards, and hmm. they have a thing called attack mode. And this is also a thing that brought us uh, many years ago fan boost, hmm. where fans vote on who gets an extra boost during the race. I don't know if that's still a thing. Trace, where's my Smash Mouth wide open NASCAR car car car? You know, the problem is, is like I'm trying to think if anybody's actually tried that or not because it's like NASCAR is kind of turning into their own Smash Mouth NASCAR car car car. I mean, it's true. NASCAR is already the NASCAR that makes you stand for the national anthem. I mean, at some point they also start getting like you know. Our drivers don't stand up enough for the anthem. Our drivers need to respect the flag. Our drivers also, oh, these points are hard. Let's make them way more complex. And, oh, we need a playoff for our racing. And by the way, the point system, you know, people get really distracted midway through these races. We should split them up, up into like three or four stages. And it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Is, this seemed normal at one point. I don't know. 
<laughs> Just give me the XFL of NASCAR already, so because I'm really excited for the halftime show where they just exploit some some cheerleaders into some weird dance number that doesn't make any sense. John, I, those are called GoDaddy commercials. I feel like God the answer it, here. No. I feel, the answer here <laughs> lies somewhere in the Battle Dome spinoff that was actually a racing show, and I don't remember the name of it. But it existed. Death race or no? That's not a, death that's race. A fake. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a real thing. Well, real quote unquote is it? And they sped up the cars to two mm. x camera speed, basically. To I'm make... show some age here. What was Battle Dome? Battle Dome was an American Gladiators ripoff that uh, T Money came off of. You might know him as uh, a certain guy who was also on Everybody Loves Chris, and then he hosted Millionaire for a while, and he's also on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, you know. Wait. Who is this? Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Oh, he he is like his no first big gig was uh, being a gladiator or a competitor on Battle Dome as one of the you know named guys that you had to get past. Good for him. Yeah, he yeah. really yeah. stepped yeah. it up. Good for him to make it happen. I was I was watching him in Gamer, and a I just love that movie because it's so oh god off the yes wall. Gamer. But, like, he plays a villain, like a horrible, like, murderer, and it's just like, no. All I can think is just, like, you're going to go grab a cup of yogurt soon. And, like, it's just like, no, you're Terry Crews. <laughs> Weird interpretive Michael Seagal dance number. I love fight so scene. much. Oh, that movie's so good. I love those directors. Like, ugh. I know. <laughs> Fuck. I wish... I wish that fucking Brian Taylor didn't, like, decide to go live in the woods. I mean, at least Happy was good. Mm. Oh, I loved Happy. Yeah. Yeah, Happy was awesome. Mm. I still haven't finished season two. I had to do that. Yeah, neither have I. All right, we should do a wrestling show. We should. What are those That's like? Probably a good idea. This week, AEW's in a cage, NXT's got a bunch of new people, and we got a special guest. It's a cool show. I don't know. That's all. Listen to the show because it's going to be neat. We got all that and more tonight on Heal Alternative. One and all, it is Wednesday, February 19th, 2020, and welcome to episode 18 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW, NXT, and the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight, and let us not waste any more time because we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's super cool. I'm your host, John Gavrix Maxwell. Joining me as always, we got Oscar Bernard. Hey. Trace Evans. Hey, how you doing? And joining us, we have special guest Ashley Rogers. Hello. How's it going, Ashley? It's going good. It's going real good. Hell yeah. Welcome to the show. You're our first ever guest on here. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. We haven't even had Owen on this show. It's weird. I think it's a good thing. We're already going into being mean, huh? We're not even going to waste time on it. Okay, let's no, go. Let's no, just no, get no, on no, I'm not going to be mean about it. 
I, I just say it's probably a good thing because I don't think he wants to hear us riff on him live. <laughs> it's true. He gets to listen to us riff on him pre-recorded. Or, you know, he could be watching Twitch TV if he wasn't already asleep or something. Twitch.tv slash pro wrestling. Indeed. Hey, we're streaming live over there and moderating the chat. I usually don't save that on this show. I usually save that for the mothership where I do that bit. But, yeah, we're doing that, too. Hi. Watch this stream coming in at, like, 20 frames a second on my dying six-year-old Mac Mini. Why do you think I say pay them at the end of every episode here, folks? We're all raising money. Patreon.com. So cool. get... Give us money. Get... Just, just pay the man. Give us money so I can buy a new computer. Or just... Pay... Don't just do that. Venmo what I am, John. Come on. Pay the man. Let's go. Ashley... Thank you for joining us on this ridiculous show that we do that if anyone in the higher-ups of ProWrestling.Cool had any common sense, they would have stopped us a long time ago. But then again, I'm the editor-in-chief, so what can they really do? Yeah, you are the higher-up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, I mean I'm, the, I'm the evil uno of the organization. There is an exalted one, and unfortunately, it's not Matt Hardy. It's Owen. Mm-hmm. Or is that fortunate? Um, I don't know if Matt Hardy would be a good boss. No, I don't think he would be. I think it depends on what you're looking for out of your company. Like, if you're looking to, you know, earn money, and don't get me wrong, Matt Hardy himself could probably earn some money. But if you're looking for a boss who can lead you to earn money, no, probably not. But if you want to explore the multiverse, really understand who you are at a core level as a company... Matt Hardy is the one you want. I can't believe Matt Hardy made a dilapidated boat an EVP. Yeah. And that explains why the women's division isn't doing so well. Being the elite segments. (laughs) Yes, Skarsgård, you're the women's champion now. We have Chris Statlander. Why hasn't anybody pushed Chris Statlander? Dilapidated boat, what are you doing? (laughs) All she's got to do is pin the boat. Why isn't she pinning the boat? (laughs) Look, it's not dilapidated boat's fault, okay? Dilapidated boat booked a lot around Awesome Kong, not understanding that Awesome Kong just can't go anymore. (laughs) Too real, dilapidated boat. Close season four is going to be late. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's not a joke. I'm actually legit excited for that. I bet you are. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. I am in love with Glow. So, So, yeah. You know, however long it takes. Because it's the best. Yeah. I still have not seen. When it's done. I couldn't get into Glow oh, you get the on first that. time I watched it, but I've heard it's really good, and I'm debating getting back into it. Wait, hold on. I kind of heard that, but did you say that it wouldn't load, or did you say it just wasn't, like, clicking for you? just wasn't clicking for me. Okay. Because I thought you were saying it wouldn't load, and I was like, your problem is with Netflix, not Glow. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. No, if it's not clicking, then no, but, like... I think season two, it gets much, much better. Season one, I still loved season one, especially just with all of the the cameos. It was just like, oh, yeah, this was for me. This was made for me. And then season two, it was like, this was less. It did have an Alex Riley, Joey Ryan match, which is pretty cool. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Say to his face, Trace. Yeah, I was going to say say to his face right then, too. Damn it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you could also have an Alex Riley, Joey Ryan match, presumably, if you watch, uh, if you watch Impact. I'm sure say it to my there. dong. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> is Alex Riley there now? No, but I'm sure he'll probably wind up in Impact. Everybody seems to wind up in Impact. It I is the downstream. So. It is definitely the Island of Misfit Wrestlers. Impact yeah, it, is fascinating to me because they have Rosemary and they have Sue Young and then they also have, like, whoever just got fired from wherever. Yep. It's really weird. Look, as we were saying yep. last week, no way does Teddy Hart not wind up in Impact by the end of this year. Oh, for sure. I mean, hopefully Teddy Hart just winds up in jail by the end of this year, so we don't have to worry about it. I mean, there's a fork in a river somewhere here, and one path goes to prison, the other path goes to impact. (laughs) Just do... Why not both? I mean... Just just do impact like that one Johnny Cash album. I mean, you could do that, or it just turns into some sort of, like, he's just on parole, or, like on bail or something like that and he's just he can't be in the match but he can certainly be a tag team partner like pac-man jones or something like that and just stand out there acting like he's waiting for a tag i can't believe they repackaged teddy hart as nails (laughs) (laughs) also for some reason oscar (laughs) for some reason his tag team partner is a drugged up cat and the drugged up cat managed to wrestle a better match than he does that's no that's no way to talk about road warrior hawk (laughs) Ooh. I just realized I confused nails with Crush. <laughs> oh, I liked Crush. <laughs> we, we all... mean, I'm sorry, how do you even do that? How do you even confuse those two? One of them it's is a, a surfer, the other is a criminal! <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> After saying that, I then realized I just confused the Legion of Doom with the demolition. Oh. Wow. You're young! So I'm willing to forgive you for that. I'm not even sure you were alive when, when Road Warrior Hawk was still alive. I don't know if I was. I feel like I was. Feeling and you being are two different were. I'm things. I'm not going to fact check that, though. Yeah. Let's, I'm let's fact not... check. Oh, crap. He's fact checking. Oh, three. He died. All right. Okay. Then, so yes, you were alive, I, I suppose. I was six. Good time to Congratulations learn. Congratulations to you. No, I wasn't. I was eight. I was significantly older. Was I eight? How old Still was significantly I older. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I do not know this. How does... It... You know what? We're not going to address how Oscar doesn't know how old he is. We're instead going to talk about other I was fun seven. things. I was like seven. I was just Okay, Zoomer. <laughs> I'm not taking the one Before back. we talk about this week in wrestling, I want to talk about a thing that I did a couple weeks ago. A thing that made it so that Oscar was allowed back on the mothership for some reason. You're welcome, by the way. No problem. You're you're leaving, so I might wind up back there. <laughs> Ninety days. <laughs> are we, am I allowed yeah, to say that? I, on... I mean, sure. I've been saying it for months, so why not? <laughs> Wait, did you say ninety days? Did you fail a wellness policy? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm not. I'm not the NXT Dusty Rhodes Classic Trophy, unfortunately. <laughs> Firing an on cylinders that here. Holy really crap! <laughs> but anyway, I wasn't on heel turn a couple weeks ago because instead I was seeing a live recording of a podcast, a rating of a play read by our special guest Ashley Rogers. Yay! <laughs> Why don't you tell us about it? I don't know. I probably could have had a better lead into that, but yeah, no. I had <laughs> sure a could have. great time, and I want to hear about it more. Yeah, so the play itself... Tell me about the thing I saw. Yes! Uh, so the play is called The Last Ring. It's a play that I've been working on uh, since about 2016. Uh, it's all about a trans-Japanese woman who is a pro wrestler, and the whole thing is it, it kind of like goes into the whole, like, while I was doing it, the whole uh, uh, Give Divas a Chance hashtag started going around, and I was like, all right, I'm finally getting back into wrestling, because I quit for a long time. I quit for, like, basically right before the Ruthless Aggression era, and I'd pop hmm. in every now and again and say, like, oh, I love Rob Van Dam. What's he doing? Oh, he's doing something. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, That's just still true to this day. <laughs> it really is. Uh, he's an impact. Uh, but, yeah, so... I quit pretty much right before John Cena broke. I quit before I knew who Batista was. And then what brought me back into wrestling was watching Charlotte and Natalia. Uh, and as much as I loved that match in NXT, it was like the entire time I was just like, stop going to her uncle and her father. It's like, show me what's happening in the ring. Mm -hmm. And seeing all those matches really rekindled my love of wrestling. So it was the women that brought me back. And I just honestly, like, I love the whole Joshi wrestling. I love everything about wrestling itself. So I said, okay, I'm going to write the hardest play I could possibly think of to stage. Uh, and so I wrote an entire ladder match between two women. Whoa. <laughs> so uh, it has not been physically staged, but the Parsnipship, which is an amazing podcast, and especially if you love play readings it's something that i recommend everybody follow right now uh but the parsnip ship loved the script they wanted to adapt it so we worked on adapting it uh diane chen directed it and a bunch of my friends and fellow actors were a part of it so i got to sit and watch it and john was nice enough to come in and enjoy it so yeah, yeah, no, it was absolutely wonderful. Like, I, I couldn't have enjoyed it anymore. And, like, just to say nothing of the fact that it's it's just so wonderfully sweet and hilarious. And just, like, the and it just really does shine through just the absolute fucking love and reverence that you have for wrestling here. Just, like, you know, thinking about all these things. Like, I can't believe I'm literally, like, watching a play or, like, hearing a play, however you want to put it. Like, I can't believe I'm literally sitting here hearing a play where, like, there's an instruction of, like, teaching people about, like, the history of Joshi wrestling and also making references to fucking DDT when fucking the latter won the championship. Oh, jeez. I need to hear this. Yeah, so right now, uh, you know, there are theaters that are potentially interested, but it is one of those things until there's, uh, you know, a contract in front of me, who knows, and even then, like, people have been interested in... in in it for a while but unfortunately it's it's one of those things where i get the best rejection letters for that play 
because rejection letters are just a part of the business, but like usually it's, oh, you know, sorry, we had so many talented people. But every rejection letter I get for that is like, hey, we really love this script, but there is no fucking way we can do. <laughs> we know or have the resources <laughs> to be able to figure out how to do this. So... <laughs> just a letter, wow. Just wow. Yeah. No, but wow. <laughs> I mean, of all the problems to have, though, that is a that is kind of a great problem of like, yeah. wait, no, we recognize that this is amazing. We don't know how we would do this, so yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. But like, it is definitely something that I, I think is really interesting. Just like you know how that also translates to like a lot of your other work. That just just like a kinetic energy to all of it. That's just everything is always moving. Everything is always just like so fun and action filled. Like you know between you know obviously your your other piece here that I want definitely want to talk about scowl. Yeah. Well, actually, which I no go on. Yeah. Well, the whole reason that we started scowl. Uh, just for people that don't know, Scowl is essentially, it's all stage combat oriented, but we try and take storylines from, not directly from pro wrestling, but from a story, like a professional wrestling style storytelling. So it's all about two people or more coming into a match, pinfall submissions, but it's all stage combat. Um, and we started doing that specifically so that we could workshop, all right, if I have to produce The Last Ring myself... Could we do these things? So we started finding bits and pieces from Last Ring that we were like, okay, we're going to have six to ten actors take bits and pieces so that we can see, okay, can we get six to ten actors to do all of the different things that are involved in this script? And then that way it takes a lot of pressure off of other people, but it also allows us to tell a completely different story. And it's just sort of expanded into a whole other storytelling medium that I've been playing with. Uh, but what John's referencing is in March, uh, at the very end of March at the Tank, the 26th through the 28th, we're doing Ladder Mageddon, which... Already a great title. <laughs> is a... Uh, Amazing title. It's going to be a five... I think we've got about five or six matches on the card. Um, all of them are qualifying for the titular Ladder Mageddon match. And... Oh. Ladder Mageddon is, you know, basic ladder match rules. The only way to win is to pull the title from the ceiling. Yep. But in this version, you can pin or submit everyone up until the last two people. Oh, okay. So it's like elimination up until the only way to win. So, like, if you want, you could run up the ladder, pull it down, and you win, and no one's eliminated, but you won. <coughs> or you could eliminate everyone but the last, but you and the, uh, the last other person. And the only way you're winning is to get that title. That's actually just a really good stipulation. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised no matches have actually tried that I'm aware of. Like, that is actually a really yeah. good strategy play you could do to get people out of a match rather than have it be a situation where most ladder matches these days turn into, you know, four are down, two are always up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm genuinely surprised that that never came out of, like, a Lucha Underground or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if somebody steals it, but fuck it. I don't care. Honestly, if people do, hey... That's great. I, it means that whatever I created is something that people enjoyed. Yeah, and um, y'all were the OGs to begin with, so that's yeah. what counts the most, really. And, you know, who knows? Maybe out there, because, again, I'm not a pro wrestler. I've not been trained as a pro wrestler, so I, I try really hard not to 
make people think or believe that I am. And tr- like mm-hmm. people that book the show really want to push it. And it's just like, no, 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 no. We need to talk about the language. You need to talk about the language now because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that because I don't want wrestlers to come out and be like, hey, what the fuck? Because I would love to start relationships with pro wrestling groups, with pro wrestlers who are also trained in stage combat or because I think that there is something in the exchange between people that are trained in pro wrestling, people that are trained in stage combat, two different skills, but there's stuff that can be learned from both. And I don't want to immediately cut off my nose to spite my face by having people in the mm-hmm. business to be like, oh, you're not in the business, but you're trying to be the business? Okay, whatever. You know? Yeah. yeah. It totally makes sense. Especially when Scal – what makes Scal so interesting to me is it is such a, a unique thing. It is definitely like it, – it is like – it's undeniably theater when you got watch it it is un- unmistakably like this is a theatrical production that i am that i am involved in that i am taking part in but it carries over that energy in a way that like you know again it's like you know i i know that we've talked about this before but a lot of ways it's bringing that kind of like that energy that wrestling crowd energy to like a theatrical setting and like you know putting it in just like a different context it just makes it so interesting it makes that show so fun to consume i think well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's my favorite. We are, admittedly, we are raising money. I know that we wait until the end to do these things, but we are raising money for it up until the end of February uh, so that we can afford mats so that people can fall a little bit easier and so that we can afford a ladder and so that we can afford a proper title belt uh, and so that we can help to pay our actors because... Uh, we're going to figure that out, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, we'd rather be able to pay them ahead of time as opposed to like, hey, let's wait until the tickets are come in and we get paid by the venue. So, you know, we want them to walk out having been paid and ha- having fun. So, and tax, and it's all tax deductible donations through Fractured Atlas. So you can claim it on your taxes at the end of the year, and that's the spiel I'll give. Pay the woman. Yeah, I actually... Do we want to have that plug right now and then at the end of the show as well? Or I mean, I'm happy to do it again oh, yeah, later. We're going to plug it at the end of the show, <laughs> Okay, too. sweet. Okay, yeah, I just no, want to make it's, sure. It's like, going to happen yeah, again yeah. later. Like, Stay no tuned, y'all. We're, we're going to – because that sounds like a very worthwhile cause, honestly. Yeah. And no, other- no. This, this yeah. is all getting plugged all the, all the way all the time. Nice. Yeah. Okay, no good. worries I'm here. Glad. The only other thing I do want to say about Scowl so, also is we yeah. we focus specifically on – it's not all trans and non-binary performers, but we focus on specifically putting trans and non-binary storylines and trans and non-binary nice. actors into the forefront because, A, uh, it's a form of training. Like, stage combat is a form of training I feel like a lot of trans actors either don't think about, don't do, and just acting in general is a thing that particularly growing up as a trans person, it was like, well, I'm not going to get cast in anything, so why am I going to bother – so uh, it's it's a thing where, like, hopefully if you become a part of Scowl, it's a thing where we can train you up a little bit so that you have that skill so that going out, it's like, oh, you have stage combat. It's like, yeah, check a, take a look at this video. So hopefully it can help a trans really? or non-binary actor give, get an edge. So That is completely awesome. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I have another question about just the the process of like putting it together a show like Blast Ring or like a scowl like that. Yeah. Like, how have you found the process of like it, of conveying you know like you know kind of like I was mentioning earlier just about like the the feeling of being at a wrestling show and how you carry that over into these productions. Like, how have you found like the process of conveying like what that's about to the to the crowd, like to your your actors, and like how to play to the crowd to get those reactions? And like, you know, in a lot of ways, like instructing you know a theater or audience to like play into that while also you know remember like, hey, this is still a show. Don't be disruptive. Anything like that. Like, how how has that process been? You found? Is it like, is it a difficult process? You think to convey this? 
Well, I think it depends. Uh, we've tried to be very upfront with the audience. Uh, in the very beginning, we have somebody state to them, like, hey, we need your energy. We want your energy. Come on, give it. Like, give us your energy. Let's try it out. You know, we really want you to cheer for the good guys. Yeah, we really want you to boo the heels. Boo! And sort of playing with the audience to give them that set expectation. And we haven't had to have a real conversation about, like, hey, folks, here's some topics we don't want you to include uh, in your making fun of people. Uh, we've been able to sort of, like, and even then the actors, unless they really are into wrestling, and I've showed, I showed all of the actors from the past ones that we've done, like, hey, we're going to sit and watch some wrestling so you can understand this. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, and, like, they love it, they have fun, and then they get out there, and people are yelling things at them, and they're like, I know you told me, and I know I watched it, but wow, I did not expect this. Uh, and so you kind of have to have that, like, you have to find an actor who's okay improving. Uh, and literally set the expectation for the crowd. Um, but I remember for Fight for Your Right, uh, at one point somebody started a what chant. Which, oh, no. It was, well, best what's even, chant. What's even yeah, worse I is... I not like that. What's even worse is the actor who got the what chant is deaf in one ear. And so she oh, like, no. so she's like, oh, they can't hear me. So she just started getting louder. <laughs> and then oh, midway, it was so, like midway through, she was like, oh, they're fucking with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I'm so not going to lie. That's actually a pretty good response to the watch it. <laughs> it's like, it was kind of great. It was honestly, she was like, oh, I'm going to lean in and just be meaner. Okay, great. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that's actually the best. Like, there's one of two counters: either you stop pausing or you get meaner. Yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, there like there were some really good ones. Uh, another one from Fight for Your Right was someone chanted, yelled at. Um, we had a, we had the main antagonist is a man named Pat Riarchy, and <laughs> good good bad name. Yep. And he just like he was a, a buff dude with curly hair, and someone just yelled, "Hey, you look like a discount Matthew McConaughey." Oh, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was so good. good. It was just like, and he was into it. And that's the thing. Like it's like I say, right now we haven't gotten to a point where we've had uh, it's intentionally disruptive people. We've had people that are just like, okay, I know what I'm walking into. I know what I'm getting into. There's still a certain amount of the theater is sacred. So I want to respect that. But at the same time, like they want me to yell things. They want me to do this. So I think once we do start running into that problem where it's like, Oh, you're yelling a thing. Uh, you, we're not comfortable with, then mm -hmm. we've got to start having a lot more serious conversations. But for right now, it's just a matter of prepping the actors like, Hey, they could yell anything. Just be warned. Really like do whatever kind of self care you need to afterwards. Talk to us afterwards. We're all in this together, and I think people get that as much as, yeah, they're trying to agitate the crowd and each other. Uh, people get that we're all kind of on the same side in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a big thing, like, for any indie promotion especially, like, understanding that once that, you know, curtain is, you know, basically done and the lights go back up, it's like everybody's just going to be buddy-buddy, you know, at the merch tables and everything like that. So mm -hmm. it, that, that's not, like, an uncommon thing to – or it's not something wrong from Like, it's just there for the act, like – Everybody's just there to boo the heels or and call like the bald guy in the ring in regards like my local indie uh, wrestling fed. Like call him Jeff Bezos. It's cool. <laughs> See, that's also a great just that's just a great insult. <laughs> oh, he hates it. He hates it too. He just sells it like does. death. Yeah. <laughs> he, he carries around a belt that says he's Twitter verified. <laughs> 
like this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, three to one battle is a great uh, Seattle promotion, but yeah, <laughs> you know, same, same kind of energy. That's immediately when you said that. It's like, yeah, that that's good indie energy. You get somebody in the in the crowd that just makes one reference and the crowd just buys into it, like Jeff Bezos or some guy wears a purple suit and unfortunately gets called Waluigi for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't he doesn't get what chance he gets wah chance God. this is just making me remember how much i really want to go to a hood slam show yeah hood slam's so good oh my god a little much in the way of crack pipes but still a really good show it's probably cleaned up a bit since i went there I just want to be there when they have to actually say the blueberry pancakes are on sale and mean it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't think you want to be there during that time. But, okay, yeah, uh, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right. We'll get, we're going to get into some, some actual talk about wrestling for night. But one, one last thing that I wanted to, to ask you here, Ashley, and, and this is something that I know that we definitely, we on this show definitely think a lot about as, you know, a fucking, you know, a show that is filled with fucking LGBTQ people and, and allies here. Like, I feel like a lot of times it's really fucking hard to watch wrestling and feel like we can see people like us, people who are more progressive, people who are more leftist, people who are, like, actually fucking, like, empathetic and care about things. I feel like it's very hard sometimes to fucking see people like us in this fucking industry. Like, how do you keep your passion for it? Because it's definitely something I think about a lot of just like somehow it's like, honestly, like if I didn't have these shows, if I didn't have this website, it's like, I'm not really sure how much wrestling I'd really watch in a lot of times because a lot of things it's like, you know, it, for every time that we get something good for every time that we get, you know, I'm, we're going to get to it a little in a little bit, you know, for every time we get fucking Nia, Nyla Rose winning the fucking title, we get the fucking bullshit coming out of Jim Cornette's mouth this week. Yeah, I I would say, especially as a a longtime wrestling fan, and like I say, like, I quit for a while, and I quit for a reason. And the reason wasn't, oh, it was just at a time that was inconvenient. It was just like, yeah, I kind of got sick of it for a while. Uh, I think the role of a fan, if you really want it and you want to see the changes, you've got to be around to help make that change. That said, you can't put yourself in a position that is harmful for you. So if you need to leave it for a while, if you need to quit for a while, if you need to check out just a local indie promotion and just stay away from the big, the, the big time, that's fine. But in all honesty, a lot of change comes from above, and especially hearing Cody's tweets. Like, I, <laughs> hearing Cody's tweets, you know, but, like, seeing all of the tweets and all of the support... <laughs> From the people who are the top brass of a company, not only making the decision, first off, making the decision to make Nyla Rose one of the first contenders for the women's championship, but making her the second champion mm-hmm. is not only fucking huge, but the fact that they have been so supportive is amazing. And it, it's it's a tough business, and it's a tough business because people are encouraged to be loud. Um there's a, a good friend of mine who's also a trans woman and a pro wrestler and a champion, uh, uh, Paula uh, PJ the Whip Gonzalez. She's a NYCW champion, women's champion right now. And oh wow, 
Yeah, we, we had her on my podcast a while ago, and we were talking, and she was saying, it's actually, as a trans woman, it's easier to play the heel, because people are going to yell and boo me anyway. So as much as, yes, a lot of media wants to make this story a positive, and it is a positive, it's much better to be the heel, because then if they're booing me, I can at least give them that energy back. And I think it's because I, I wonder if... I would have gone into pro wrestling if I had thought it was viable, again, kind of like acting, but at the same time, it's just like, all right, well, that's an excuse, and you hear that all the time with people, oh, I could have been a pro wrestler, I just do but, you know, it's it's tough, honestly, and some people have the, for lack of a better term, some people have the metal to be able to put up with that, and thank God for people like Nyla Rose, thank God for people like my friend Paula, for saying, you know what? This is the thing I am very passionate about, so I'm going to push forward because maybe someday in the next 20 years, the next 30 years, this won't be a thing. And even if it is a thing, that asshole is going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, I just because I wasn't here last week to talk about it, that Riho Nyla Rose match last week, oh my God, yeah, it was spectacular. Right? Yeah. That is one that of my match fucking ruled. That may okay. be one of my favorite women's matches they've had in AEW thus far. Like just strong style as hell, and I loved every second mm-hmm. of it. Also, I think the fact that like I don't know about you guys, but I went into it kind of with zero expectations because I remember the first Riho Nyla Rose match. Yeah, their first match was a little sloppier by um, you know comparison for sure, and that one just like this just blew that out of the water and then some. Well, I think also they've both gotten very comfortable where they are in the company as well. Like, they've understood yeah. what it is. This is it. Like, it, it's it's a whole different world. Even just going from the, the pay-per-views prior to the TV show into the TV show, it's like, mm-hmm. I do, okay, well, we're figuring this out. Okay, we're making this work. Now we've got, like, a year under our belt. And even though I know Riho is uh, jumping around to a lot of different spaces and that's part of the political reason that she dropped the title, yeah. um, it, it's still like, yeah, they both know what this is now. They both have a really good firm hand on what's going on so they can say like okay we we understand this pressure we understand all of this we understand all these x factors so now we know what we can do so yeah yeah i also think one of the big criticisms we've had of the women's division thus far um when especially when this is back um just oscar and i do in the podcast it was a case of the joshi women didn't know how to work like the american style of wrestling and mesh it in as well and I feel like this is the first big circumstance where it's like, no, they get it now. They know how to make that all work. And, again, it just mm-hmm. it hit every mark. I, I feel like it was just um, uh, fantastic all throughout. And it gives me a lot of confidence that all there won't be any issues like that going forward or not nearly as serious as there were at the inception of AEW. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm super pleased with that, and I'm also super pleased and was probably uh, – fist pumping in the air quite a bit when I saw Nyla get that victory from a hellacious spear at the end. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that spear was brutal, oh, too. God, just a wake-up spear. It was like something straight out of Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. That's like a, an armor king, like, just jump at them, knock him down, and let's get the power bomb out of the way and finish this. Like, oh my god, Nyla. That's amazing. And, yeah, so. Yeah. And, that even we can talk about her promo today as well. Uh, we... Mr. Promo. <laughs> Let's get right on we'll into get, that uh, by yeah. talking about yeah. this week's 
AEW Dynamite. And before we do that, I don't actually really want to talk about it, even though I have it on here in the notes. Mm-hmm. But I will just say very quickly, uh, if I hadn't gotten us blocked from Twitter by Jim Cornette a couple weeks ago, boy, howdy, this is the week that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Get no kidding. fucked, you old asshole. What did yeah. you do this week? <laughs> okay, so... Oh, I'm sorry, was, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, what did he you do? Want, yeah, you want to take this one, Trace? Uh, let's just say that he thinks that neither Rose, and, and maybe I'm misrepresenting this a little bit, but it's mm. Jim Cornette, so I don't care if I'm misrepresenting him a little bit, yeah. thinks that neither Rose should lean into the heel bit by the fact that, oh yeah, I'm transgender, I used to be a man, and I'm holding a women's title. That should be how I'm going to get over his heel. And it's like, number one. Fuck she's you. She's already over as a heel. Yeah. yeah, she's already over as a heel, so she doesn't yep. need to work already any harder on it. Heel. Don't need to do that. And number two, stop projecting your own insecurities about transgender folks and try to make it a storyline because you're uncomfortable and mm-hmm. nobody else in the room is. Like I that's mean, look, mm. this is this is the same thing, and I know I know we're a big fan on the show of New Jack, but I mean that was also <laughs> you are. I mean, I'm I was too, mostly so. looking at John when I said that. We all are. Come on, <laughs> come on, we all are. Yeah. Okay. Fair. They play the song and motherfuckers die. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Like, you know, he's got a thing and he does the thing really well. <laughs> and but I mean, even the, he even plays that, that whole... guitar and then he bashes you over the fucking head with it. Even if you know what works for you, gimmick, do it though, all the time. Just, yep. Mm-hmm. Is just Jim Cornette exploiting Southern racism of like, mm. oh, thanks to affirmative action, we only need a two count. Yeah, like, it, it's typical stupid hot button issues. And this he is, makes hot yeah, buttons. I mean, and mm-hmm. yeah, and th- that was the one thing I, I was going to just add as a clarification to this is not to say that this this summation of Jim Cornette and everything he's doing isn't completely right because it fucking is of course that's what this is fuck him but his dumb bullshit justification that he's trying to give it to explain his own fucking insecurities and transphobia is basically to say well it's about you know, controversy creates cash and and what better way to, to make money than you know sell the fact that yeah no this is a, I'm a I'm a man holding the women's title like fuck yeah. you so dude just Let's just to just to entertain it for a moment. Uh, sure. I do because I do a lot of consultation on scripts and on manuscripts for uh, trans and non-binary characters. Mm-hmm. And if we look at this from a storyline perspective, okay, so she does that hypothetically. This is mm-hmm. the story. Then she loses the title after some time. Then where does she go? Like, what's what happens? Like right now, she is a monster heel who can do amazing mm-hmm. things, put on a great match, and cut really good promos that i missed today but uh and yeah she happens to be trans cool mm-hmm. um like it's just this is the only story cis people who are creatives think you can tell about a trans person and it boils it down to that's the only interesting thing about that person yeah. and I'm not saying that Nyla yeah. can't lean into that at some point. Maybe she wants to. Uh, I, as far as I know, she doesn't. I wouldn't. But you know what? No. Maybe in five years, f- fuck it, sure. But like, where do you go from there? Yeah, and I think and given I her think... Twitter habits, like she doesn't want to lean into that. She's just more yeah. happy to take their tears and drink mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I think also. You know, as much as I kind of hate to say it, if you have a person 
on your roster that you're gonna do the heel gimmick to exploit people's homophobia. I feel like that's where Sonny Kiss comes in. Yeah, well, even then, Jim and Jim Cornette does not know what to do with Sonny Kiss. And yeah, like Jim yeah, Cornette. Yeah, would Jim Cornette also hate. Yeah. Jim Cornette also thinks they should do the exact same thing with him too. Is the mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, and that's the least, thing I do want to want to go. Someone with. like him, though, his gimmick is based in far more overt sexuality based stuff. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that Sonny because I, I, I see what you're saying, that. but I don't know that it's necessarily overt sexuality mm-hmm. so much as it is overt femininity and because there's True. a lot of yeah and and again like that's not to say yeah. that things that because sunny uh i don't know how sunny identifies but at the same time i've heard that sunny basically is just kind of okay with any however other people want to identify sunny um and but a lot of what we look at as sunny's arsenal is traditionally looked at as feminine uh it's very yes. acro- like uh, acrobatics yeah. and gymnastics based and doing splits and yes sometimes he shoves people into sonny's butt but (laughs) like it's but at the same time when we look at that it's like because i see what you're saying that idea of like the homophobia is taking a person who is assigned male at birth and giving them feminine traits and making that seem like oh you know like i'm the tickler uh (laughs) like that's not sunny but right at the same time it's because yeah like but so, because I see exactly what you're saying, but just to sort of, like, call it what it is, uh, a lot of Sonny's thing is more, yes, Sonny is visibly some form of queer, but a lot of that is because Sonny is using a feminine, traditionally looked at as feminine, arsenal. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess yeah. more, I want someone to do 96 gold dust, but, like, actually mm. do it right. What would right be? I'm, I'm curious, yeah. I, I, can you expand on that? Because I'm, I'm curious um, about what right is. Don't, you know, like, you know, hey, don't have one of your commentators or don't have one of your commentators call him a homophobic slur. Mm. Don't, when you want to eventually make them a good guy, be like, no, see, he was straight all the time. He Mm. has a wife. You know, like, I don't, you know, Mm. I think you can do a gimmick. Hell, you can even do a heel gimmick that is kind of based on someone's sexuality or overt femininity or challenging some kind of gender norm. But then if your way to make them not a heel anymore is to be like, no, they're, they're actually straight and they love women and, you know, and they're not going to be feminine anymore. Well, and, and a lot of that actually harkens back to a, a classic Hollywood, because especially with Goldust, it was classic Hollywood was his whole yes. thing. Uh, it harkens back to a thing where you couldn't necessarily, you, you definitely couldn't show a homophobic, or homophobic, you couldn't show a homosexual relationship. But you could show people that were coded homosexual, and sometimes they would have a partner. And I feel like a lot of that was like harkening to that both as a, like, this is all confusing, because especially if you're watching an old, an old Hollywood movie, I don't know what a gay person is, but that's clearly one of them, but why are they kissing that lady person? Uh... <laughs> And again, like I don't know if that was necessarily timey voice. I, I, I feel like I feel yeah, like well, like, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I do not believe that Vince McMahon in the year 1996 or Vince Russo, who would have been writing at the time, would have been that clever. 
Well, I don't know if they would do that on purpose. And this is where I think a lot of the, the miscommunication yes. with Goldust comes from is like, this is part of what they had seen. And so they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's part of it. But also, oh, I'll mess with them because they're going to see this like he's you now he's kissing a lady, but he's kissing Razor Ramon. I'm Vince Russo, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like a lot accurate. of the so yeah. a couple more you know bros what? in there and it's good. <laughs> there are it, it joins the pantheon of great impersonations that appear on this show. <laughs> I I'm honored. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Dustin must probably snuck quite a few good references and stuff past Vince's because yeah. Dustin Rhodes is more thoughtful about this sort of stuff, I think, overall yeah. and was all the way through the character. Um and just I, one thing I really want to s- step on real quick, because, John, you mentioned controversy creates cash, and that's what's driving a lot of the thought behind Cornette. The problem is, is controversy yep. is good when it's part of the match, when it's part of the storyline. It's a problem when you make the controversy part of the identity. Yeah, yeah. and I to go back to the, the point that Ashley's making here of, yeah. like, where do you go from here? I think that the problem is that this is actually Jim Cornette's secret point is that I think that Jim Cornette honestly understands that where you go from here is nowhere. You're basically done as a character and you need to just get rid of them. I think that this is Jim Cornette clandestinely just trying to fucking, you know, silence fucking queer voices that he doesn't like and make him uncomfortable. Motherfuck you, Jim Cornette. Get fucked, old man. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And now that that's out of the way... What actually happened this week on Dynamite? <laughs> well, we start with 20 people surrounding a ring, John. And this is my favorite. I'm just, I don't want to go match by match, obviously, but I'm just going to say my favorite start to a proper battle royale is when nobody's in the ring to start. Like. So wait, they were doing the, the TNA reverse battle royal? No. Uh, oh my, sir. Sir. <laughs> sir. You know what? No. There's a concept to the reverse battle royale. Oscar, I don't even want to hear it from you. <laughs> reverse Battle Royale is like right up there, the reverse ladder match, and things that should we never can't be. Out how to get the ring? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but no, everybody's sliding in at once. It prevent it gets rid of the whole jockeying for position thing. You always see it. Battle Royales are the last person in's always at a disadvantage, and instead you get crazy fun stuff like you know Jack Evans trying to do the thing that two people did before him and getting his butt thrown out for it because he's a tiny guy, and also he's Jack Evans. But poor Jack Evans. Yeah, I had given him a ten thousand percent chance to win this whole thing, and uh, once again the algorithm does not work. Well, yeah, you had to because otherwise he would like actually come to your house and find you. Yeah, it's technically true. He would find me. I, I followed Jack Evans on Twitter out of fear for you. I, I Thank you, Oscar. I do appreciate it. He He's a very scary man, and he has threatened me before. <laughs> Not seriously, of course. But. And we'll oh, do boy. it again. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, uh, AEW's got some decent battle royales. I think this is one of their better ones um, by far because it... It kept its spots pretty good. People slid out of the ring when they needed not to be in the moment without crowding space or anything like that. And they and didn't blow the timing on anything. No. It's like, well, there was no timing to blow, so that's also to the advantage. Like it's who, these But guys, who held the Joker? <laughs> uh, well, apparently Santana and Ortiz, given they were waiting outside for about half the match. But, yeah, it, it's like, this was to their advantage, not having the time people entering or anything like that. Everybody was there. Everybody could kind of tag out by sliding out or something like that. And he got this really good moment at the end where 
uh, Matt Jackson on his own has to go against uh, Proud and Powerful, and well, Proud and Powerful be really good for Hangman and Omega to go up against. Instead, we now have the threat, thanks to a very good couple of reversals and a couple twists there at the end. Uh, Matt Jackson is now bringing the Young Bucks up to the title match at Revolution. So, already intrigued. So, I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of uh, Dynamite this week, but I, I okay. do have a question for you. Uh, did yeah. you watch uh, this week's Being the Elite? I did, and yes, they did reference parts of that, where, like, Hangman is going around yeah, telling... Yeah, that was my question. Hangman was going around telling everybody about the Bucks' weaknesses, and Excalibur made a point to call that out, like, oh, he's targeting the back there. He must have gotten some inside information there. And, oh, attacking his legs there. Yeah, I heard it was kind of weak. And it's like, without flat out making it like you should have watched being the elite, he basically said, oh, yeah, something's up. They seem to know something about the Bucks right now. You know, that, so, is, that is a fascinating tactic that they've been doing with the being the elite, because most of the storyline is going on on being the elite, but then, like, they don't ever mm-hmm. reference it on the show. But It has so, been an ongoing gripe here, I will yeah, say, that people I, think that... As yeah, someone Oscar. that doesn't really watch Being the Elite, because mm. I have a lot of shit to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we know. You were very upset that we gave it best show of last year. It's not the best show! It's not a wrestling show! I don't know. I see wrestlers on it. You're yeah. just mad that you didn't think to nominate Dark Side of the Ring! I hadn't watched it when we watched it yet! <laughs> My point, gonna, my, well, then you should have reminded me that I watched it because I would have nominated it. I didn't think, I didn't know that Dark Side of the Ring was going to be so good. I didn't know that I was going to cry thinking about the Von Erics. Oh, shit, oh, yeah. Oh, Von Erics. <laughs> yeah. That was actually a very sad one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the my, one my, where, the, where the guy called uh, Dino, Dino whatever his name's mom, made me sad. Yeah. But yeah, my I point mean, is my point is gone. though is that um, I don't you know as someone that doesn't watch Being the Elite, I have no idea what you guys are referencing, and I still don't like the fact that the character development is being done on Being the Elite. Although I will give them credit, it's getting a lot better with the fact that hey, shit's happening on Dynamite now. Yeah, I mean, they're doing the main part, what you need to know about Hangman Page. Yeah, he is sabotaging the Bucks, and you can see that being the elite. But moreover, the main thing you need to know about him is he's got some uh, issues with uh, the rest of the elite, and he likes to drink a beer after his matches. So Can, that's... can I just say something about that? Um, yeah. I, I'm i going to have to wait until this plot is done, but so far I'm not super thrilled with how they're kind of handling the, like... It's very clear that Hangman Page has a drinking problem. And we, I mean, we, yeah. we've talked on the show before, and mm. I've, I've, speci- yeah. I've explicitly said I do not like the fact that they... I don't like using alcoholism as a storyline when there mm. are actual, like, serious alcohol problems in wrestling. Yeah, and if, and if like, he sorry. is sober for any reason, and he's just doing this story to bring attention, maybe there's a thing, but I don't believe Adam Page... Adam Page? Yeah, hang yeah, on. Yeah, Adam Page, yeah. Adam Page yeah. is, in fact, sober, so it's kind of like... Uh, hmm. Yeah, I the mean, only silver lining not... there is that he doesn't drink before matches, he only does it after matches or when he isn't booked, mm-hmm. but even then, yeah. there is still it's still a little problematic in that there is no... It, it, 
it's still drinking for the sake of drinking, which yeah. is not something you They're really need to be encouraging. Getting very close to the line, and especially, yeah. especially, yeah, like on yeah. being the elite, where they are, where they're basically just having him cut drunk promos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about the being the elite stuff necessarily, but like, at least we're not quite at the level of WCW Scott Hall or, um, you know, Hawk jumping off the Titan Tron. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's like, a whole different level of that. That's like the, that that's the kind of thing where you have somebody come into a match drunk type of awfulness. Yeah. Well, but if if the stuff you're telling me about being the elite is, is what I'm at least picturing is like, mm-hmm. it at least sounds like we're starting to approach that Scott Hall story. Yes, I, to an extent we're getting that, but it's just to the point where they're still trying to keep it as clear as possible. It won't affect his matches. Once... Which I, mean, I think is like the line of it's gone way too far at that point. Which not I, to say if, it hasn't gone yeah. too far to already. Yes, if I had to guess, like I got a feeling that at Revolution or something, they're going to lose the titles because Paige is going to be drunk. Yeah. If they do that, I think that'll be a very, very bad way to blow off this angle. I yeah. If if they do that, I'm I'm going to be real upset with with Tony Khan. Yeah, that that would be a time where it's good to call them out on that because so far they've been pretty good about keeping it still over a line, but not. But then, then I guess my question though is that if that's not the payoff, what is? Yeah, what I is think... your payoff to an alcoholic storyline other than he is going to cost Kenny the title because he was too drunk to perform in the match? I don't think it's going to be necessarily he's too drunk, but I think he thinks he's too much better than the Elite is going to be the end of payoff if they do this right. He's but going to think that, that he's better without, than Kenny. You, oh, you can do it without, without the beer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I totally it's agree there. The, the problem, yeah, I think the thing is, is like, I feel like the story that they're trying to tell here, and it's why I'm still giving them some credit and some benefit of the doubt, is I feel like the story they're trying to tell here is that the drinking is not the point. The drinking is a manifestation of... Of Paige's complete disaffectment with, like, everything going on. Like, he feels completely isolated from the elite. He feels mm-hmm. completely isolated from, like, everything. He just feels like a loser, not doing all these things. The drinking is how he copes with it. And I feel like the way that you get out of that is that, you know, you just, like, you can just have him straight up turn heel. You just have him straight up snap, and he doesn't need the fucking drinking anymore because he's not using it as a crutch because he's just being who he actually is, which is just, nah, fuck all of you people. I'm I'm over this. The problem is, I think that, like we've been saying here, they're definitely towing the line very closely of the drinking being the point, and especially when the drinking is super over with the crowd. That's the thing I was going to point out. Yeah, it's really over. I'm talking about being who he is. You know who else has a super over alcoholic thing in AEW? Chris Jericho. And yet they're not running with a Chris Jericho is... This is more celebratory, not actually drinking too much. It's just popping a bubbly. Yeah. I mean, and you have Hangman Page chugging a beer after a match. And his is giving me money. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about Hangman Page and being Mm -hmm. who he really is, I mean, he should just be who he really is, the leader Mm -hmm. of the Dark Order. (laughs) There we go. Oh, (laughs) 
No, come on. It's got to be Christopher Daniels. I know, oh, but I know, Angel. but Swerve. I still, Which... I still like Trace's theory that it's Raven. Well, I mean, that was my mm. thought because of the Raven. voice alone. He is buddies with Jericho. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. He is buddies. Yeah. I feel like they're leaning too hard into Crystal Daniels, potentially, because during this Battle Royale, the actual spokesperson for the Dark Order promos showed up in the crowd alongside Evil Uno, alongside Stu Grayson. Oh, shit. Fake Kyle O'Reilly was there? Fake Kyle O'Reilly was there and basically said, huh, weird. SCU is here, but Crystal Daniels is nowhere to be found, and the Exalted One is on his way. Basically, leaned in it so hard, it's mm. like, okay, now it can't be Christopher Daniels. That's too obvious. Yeah, they like, know, they like know it's too obvious. I feel like this is, it's no longer Daniels, as you said, because it's mm-hmm. going to be a swerve. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know if Hang you man. noticed this, Trace, but last week uh, during that segment with the with the Dark Order, when the when the Young Bucks came out, JR did call them the Bucks of Youth. Mm. Yeah, he did. I feel I, I, I still. So feel I feel like, like they're just planting all sorts of seeds for who it could be. I feel like they yeah. sowed those Christopher Daniels seeds in case Matt Hardy didn't sign, and then now that Matt Hardy signed, they're leaning in on no, it's going to be a swerve. Oh, I, I hate that so much. I really, I think Matt Hardy can do so much better than the, being a Dark Order leader personally. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's going to stifle his creativity. To do weird Nazi salutes that totally aren't Nazi salutes. Uh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> like seeing a whole crowd doing that just makes me inc- incredibly uncomfortable. The first time my mother ever saw, ever watched wrestling with me was the night after WrestleMania 33, and she just was like, why is all the crowd doing Nazi salutes? And I had to explain, it's like, no, it, it's, it's not a Nazi salute. I get why you think it's that. It's like, well, it's different, but I also don't like that I have to explain this, and it's really uncomfortable, and please don't hate me. Yep. <laughs> I swear it's different. Yep. Exactly. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and just to k- kind of wrap up real quick, just so I can think about it, too, too and just say it aloud and put a bow on it, um, I think the real key it, of all this Hangman Page stuff is hopefully he turns heel, and when he does, the drinking just stops flat. Like, it was popping the crowds. Now it doesn't because he's heel, and that's that. So, yeah. that's that's my fingers crossed. That's yeah. the that's pulling the uh, ripcord on that one. Hopefully, mm. hopefully. Yeah. Here's otherwise, something. we got some talking to do, Tony. But yeah, so good tag battle royal overall, honestly. And then we went right after that into a, uh, a women's match with uh, two women who are well, one is at least very likely to be challenging for that title shortly. In we get the galaxy's favorite alien, the Bootmeister herself. Chris Statlander is amazing. Speaking of people that do incredible things on being the elite that I wish they would put on television. Incredible things on Twitter. Seeing her eat food wrong on Twitter is something they need to be showing a little bit in like like three-second promos on Dynamite. Just show her you know, like fold up a pizza and then eat the crust side or something like that. And then, okay, yeah, she's an alien. I don't understand what she was even doing with those celery sticks on being the elite. Is she? Why an was alien she putting them? Cases? Yes, Why she's was an she, alien. Like, tearing them off and putting them in her nose. Look, we can digest food in many ways in our body. That that's okay, one. Fair. There are eight million ways to digest food in our body. That's one. <laughs> 
all anyways goes uh, out this... the same hole anyway sometimes <laughs> now that is what i call a nightmare collective oh god <laughs> but yeah I, I don't really need have much to say about shanna versus statlander other than Statlander is once again somebody they need to be really pushing. She had a great finish this match, countering a decent move from Shanna. And also, there's a boop off during this match, which was amazing. Like, in what world would you ever expect there to be a boop off outside of indie wrestling? I love it. So, it's pretty I, good. Please push Chris Statlander to AEW. I'm just begging you. And speaking of who she needs to be pushed against, right after this, we get a uh, interview. With uh, our before new you, champion. Before we go into this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Because uh, I didn't see any of the Statlander stuff. I'm just curious about, like, the crowd reaction to her. Does it feel like she's lost any momentum after, you know, they did a real dirty with that Rio match? You know, I'm going to say I think she's lost a little bit of her luster. Mm-hmm. And I think she can earn mm-hmm. it back. I don't think it's going to harm her in the long run. But it's like, now people are like, I think people are getting used to her, unfortunately. And she's got to start keeping this up. That said, the boops are still over as hell. Like, as soon as she does that, the crowd just starts ramping up, which is exactly what nice. you need to... As long as they're doing that, she's going to be fine. But, yeah, it's it's dampened a little bit. But if you get her a title shot, I think it comes back. So, I'm, I mean, again, I mean also, fingers crossed. Before we move on, yeah. we're forgetting the most important part of this match. Britt Baker on commentary? Yes! Okay, yeah, Britt Baker's pretty good in commentary. And she even brought a coffee for uh, Tony. With his name spelt wrong. T-O-N-E-Y. That's Tony Shivani Coffee. And it was Shivani Coffee, by the way, with his face on it. I'm, I'm really into... I, I'm really into this Britt Baker thing now. Well, she's doing a lot of, like... She's explaining stuff very technically with medical terms, trying to be an absolute jerk about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, she kicked her in her blah, blah, blah medical terms. I can't possibly rattle off. That's definitely going to be bad for her jaw. And then just basically (laughs) acting both smarter and better than the entire women's roster. She's leaning into a... She's she's getting better, darn it. She needed to be healed from the get-go. The whole banter with her and Shivani, like... You know, say what you will about that promo on the cruise ship. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. But hey, the crowd seemed to definitely react to that Starbucks line. And, well, she's leaning into it more herself, which I think is good. And she's doing it in a way which now she can continue to exist with Shivani. And rather than just completely keep ticking him off to the point where he, under no right, should want to be around you know, her yeah. or vice versa. So now, now she's like, oh, yeah, we're friends, even though you're a complete loser, and uh, you just get this job out of spite because Cody likes you. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Britt it, Baker so is Britt Baker. By God, they fixed it. They fixed it, and now they can take time as she's just cutting promos as often as she wants. They can just keep working on her, making some of her movesets a little more solid, things like that. So She would make it's a good. very it's win-win. good... She'd make a very good first challenger to Chris Statlander. Yep, I agree. Mm. And Hell it's, yeah. Yeah. So Actually, you look like you want to say something here. Yes, I do apologize. I need to No, you're start, fine. I do need to start getting going just because I have a partner who has a day job. So, okay. uh, so I absolutely thank you so much for having me on the podcast. <laughs> I Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on, Ashley. Yeah. So I'm going to say. All right. Okay. Since you're going. Mm-hmm. Let's get all those plugs in one last time. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So come see Scowl Laddermageddon, which is happening March 28th, 26th through the 28th at the Tank in New York City. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash laddermageddon, two Ds in ladder, two Ds in Geddon. And uh, you can also just go to scowlfight.com, so you'll have all the information there. You can also watch all of the old videos of all the old matches so that you know all of the storylines going in. Uh, and... Yeah, that's that's the big one. Uh, come listen to my podcasts, the Is It Transphobic podcast, where we ask, is it transphobic and is it enjoyable? Because it could be both. Uh, and also the Right to Play podcast, which is just me and my friend Gina Femia, who is the most amazing playwright I've ever met. Uh, we just sit and talk about the art and craft and culture of playwriting. Awesome. Fuck yeah. And Oh, and uh, when is the, what's the partnership episode of uh, The Last Ring dropping? So they haven't told me the specific date, but it should be sometime in March. So probably they usually drop their episodes in the middle of the month. Uh, so they should be dropping an episode soon now for the one that they recorded before mine, but it should happen at some point in March. Uh, go to The Parsnip Ship. Uh, it, you can get it on any place that you can listen to a podcast and listen to mine, The Last Ring. Comrades one and all, Ashley Loren Rogers, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All right, that was fantastic. And I regret to say that my next thing I was going to say is, uh, after all this, is that Nyla Rose is goddamn amazing on the mic, too. Yeah, she's good. Uh, Boy, this stream's now all fucked up. Let me see if I can fix it. Okay. I fixed it. You fixed it. Cool. Okay. I did. Sweet. So, so yeah, uh, now the Rose, when she wants to get like amped up and start cutting a hard ass promo, she can cut a hard ass promo. What she might want to work on a little bit is maybe don't reference things like bees or things that really don't make any sense in the context of anything other than a punchline you were going to add in, you know, five minutes into your promo, basically, or in this case, two to three minutes. Saying, oh, the fans are all buzzing about me. They're all buzzing because they don't know I'm champion. Well, I'm the queen bee here. Okay, well, there's other ways you can get to stuff like that without, like, having to reach for it too hard. But otherwise, yeah. It's it's trying too hard. Yeah, it was a little trying too hard. But she's got the right energy, at least. And I'm very impressed with it because there's been times in the past where she maybe has been a bit lacking. The last three weeks, she's been on fire with her promos. Even the one that was muted on TNT last week was pretty good when they finally showed it on YouTube. Oh, man. Yeah, well. It's funny, at least, that she got to, you know, say some awkward things. Okay, yeah, you're just going to give me an awkward hug, Tony Khan. Good for you. Good for you. Just just go. But I mean, I, I do appreciate that they, they've been trying to put all this stuff out there. And, you know, obviously they, they film it for, for fight for the for the international audience. But, mm-hmm. man, it is such a bummer to just see that in the picture and picture and be like, oh, oh, but I want to hear it. Yeah, there's been a few things like that as of recent. This week there was a similar thing for MJF and Wardlow getting ready for the cage match. And MJF is talking to Wardlow about something. He's doing push-ups. He's trying to get himself amped up. I don't know what MJF is saying. In this case, I'm not sure I care, but it's a weird thing to be showing during a commercial where I have no way of telling. This is why this is why everybody should just do their promos the way Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen does yep. with, 
with the Bob Dylan cue cards. And Darby Allen had some really good cue cards to show off this week. I did appreciate Darby Allen's cue cards, I will say. Yeah, basically saying the inner circle is done. Moxie's going to cream the hell out of Jericho and take that title, and I'm going to destroy Sammy Guevara and his herpes. I've missed, I've missed Darby Allen. I'm so glad he's back. Yep, Darby Allen returning was very much needed. I, he's probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite, in AEW right now. Speaking of people... Also, can I just say that combination of the suit with the jacket that he's got all his Darby Allen writing on and the fucking mess shirt underneath. He really is. (laughs) The most fucking Darby Allen look. He has a very unique damn look and I am all for it. Speaking of people that are back that I've missed, but also why the fuck are they on dark? Why is Jimmy Havoc on dark? Well, did you see what happened after his match? No. So, I haven't he, seen... Because they filmed faced, it for, for a okay. Tuesday, right? Oh, okay. So he's back on Dark this week as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, so, I mean, a couple weeks back he had fought Sonny Kiss. Yeah. I think what they're going to be building to is potentially... Mr. A.W. Dark. Yep, I bet you he's going to have a match on the buy-in. Potentially. Against a uh, a certain former collective member, because <gasps> yeah, King of the Death Match. Do it, the, you fuck. Do I? I legitimately think they're going to have um, Doctor Luther, whatever his name is. Doctor Luther. Doctor Luther. Okay, I actually got it. I'm surprised. I was very close to saying Doctor Vincent. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, he. Broke into that the end of that Sunny Kiss Jimmy Havoc match and basically said after the result, you know, some really awkward stuff about it's time for us to play ball. And it's like, okay, he's British, but whatever. Um, and I bet he's going to do the same thing on Tuesday. And yeah, people want to challenge Jimmy Havoc to deathmatch stuff, just like people did when Moxley was originally in AEW. It's just going to be a habit of things. So. They should have some kind of tournament to see who's the best at it. We know, Oscar. We know. We're there with I will, you, pal. I will hammer this point in until they do it. Buddy, it's okay. It, we'll just do it behind the shed, and we'll get you your King of the Deathmatch tournament. Just just kneel down there and just wait for the kerblam. Give me my C4 match. <laughs> ah, Fighter Fest won't be really good this year if they do something like that. Um, Put... Put Jabali in King of the Death match. He might be game. He probably would be. I mean, he'd probably die in the process, but I bet he'd still be game. Anyways, I'm just going to say Jimmy Havoc is probably destined for a buy-in match at Revolution, and I'll leave it at that. Um, but also, put him on the show. It'd be nice. It'd be real nice. They They... They've kind of been busy just selling their top matches, I think, in Revolution. Like, you know, Moxley's trip through the entire inner circle, which was expanded by one last week, with the arrival, very surprisingly, of one Jeff Cobb. So who... I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually not super happy with uh how this match ended. I'm okay with how the match ended. I think I'm not okay with how the match was going on in general. It didn't feel... 
I felt about as weak about it as I did with some of Cobb's matches during the G1 Climax last year. As in, oh man, I think, he's I think, good, but... I think Cobb should have won. It would have been good if he had, I think, but... Especially if you're gonna... And yeah, I get it, you want Moxley to build the momentum before the show. Mm-hmm. But I mean, come on, sell fucking Jeff Cobb. Also, Mox... In fairness, he stole a very cheap win here. This was, like, not a statement win at all. Yeah. It it was about as cheap as it gets for Jeff Cobb. Or for Jeff Cobb to lose like that. And then I I also feel like, yeah, we had the Darby Allen return and everything. But still, Mm -hmm. if you're going to have... You know, if you're going to have him steal a cheap win... Have the inner circle stand tall before the pay per view. Yeah, I mean that that does strike me as maybe booking that they're not so willing to do around here because that's the classic WWE reverse booking. You know, let the people are going to lose on the pay per view win the week before or something like that. I feel like it's going down that road again, and I yeah. feel like AEW is trying to subvert that to some mechanic to where it's not a given that that's how it's going to go. And I get it, but I also just feel like, yeah, the inner circle all just look like chumps right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there kind of is a reason for a lot of that right now because most of them are doing very chump things. Look at Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager right now. Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like probably if you want to keep the inner circle going and still have them be a credible group... Hager and Guevara have to win at Revolution. You cut out there. What were you saying? Hager and Guevara have to win. I mean, they're probably... I don't know about Guevara necessarily, and I don't think he has to do anything, because if he's just a cheap-as-shit heel, basically, I think he's going to get over no matter what. I don't think it's going to matter. Hager's going to beat Dustin Rhodes. Like, there's no way... Yeah, Hager's going to win with that. There's no way to get around that, and... I think they're going to do just enough stuff to make it very clear that they're an extremely cheap crew and that sort of thing. And they will do just enough to get by, as they always have. They they, they mean, do what they need to to be there at the end with the bubbly popped and everything. Hey, as my, as my mother asked today, is this the show with Chris Jericho and his dirty, dirty boys? Yes, the dirty, dirty boys. Yes, it's certainly them. Which, and I mean, honestly, that's that's what they are. Yeah. Honestly, uh, so, keep that. Just call, make that name canon. Tony Khan, I know you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, of course he is. Dirty boys. Tony, step away from the dog. <laughs> Tony, we know that we said some mean things earlier about Hangman Page, but that doesn't mean the dog needs that right now. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, just to kind of rush through the... The next bit, like, you know, Jeff Cobb match was whatever. Mox's, it was basically just a service that Jeff Cobb's maybe around later. Darby on's back. Then we have Lucha Bros against Page and Omega to tease the fact that we might get another Young Bucks Lucha Bros matchup. We didn't. We just got a really good match that ended with a very sudden um, buckshot trigger, I think is what they're calling it now. And... So now it's basically set up for a revolution. We have the elite fighting each other. With Kenny kind of looking for a good spirited match with the Young Bucks and Hangman 
drinking beers and running into the crowd. So expect there to be a heel turn of some sort at Revolution, because of course there's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray! Let's get to the point that we all want to talk about for this card, though. There's a fucking steel yeah, cage match. All right. First things first. Yeah. What do you think of the cage? I like it. I like its height. I think it was a little weird that it had enough, a little bit of space between both the apron and, you know, the walls of the cage. And also a little bit of gap yeah. in the bottom, which was weird because you could sneak a hand under. That said, I see them using both of those things a lot more in the future if they stick with the cage. So I kind of get it. I mean, they specifically called out that there was the extra space between mm-hmm. the apron and the cage, and they used that in the match. They sure did. And I can see them in the future using the bottom of the cage in the opening they have there, which is not enough for a human body to slip under, but certainly is enough for potential weapons and things to slip under. Yeah. So, I again, I think they probably thought this through, or it maybe was an accident that's going to turn into a happy accident. I mean, same thing with, like, they used a gimmick where the cage door was knocked open by complete accident. And Cody was half in and out of the cage. And they took that moment to remind him, it doesn't matter if he crawls outside the cage. That isn't going to do anything. And instead used it as a moment where MGF and uh, Arn Anderson had their little standoff. And MGF's trying to tease that Arn's going to turn on Cody. Arn throws the door into MGF's head. Funny moment. Everybody you know, cheers. Otherwise, it's a standard cage match, a standard Cody blading himself, because Cody blades, he bleeds, it's what he does, he's got blonde hair. Cody looks so good with that crimson mask. Yeah. Then He wears it well. Then we gotta talk Cut about... the hairline there. Yeah, right across the hairline. Dude's gonna have a lot of scars when he's older, I wish he wouldn't do it so often. Like, I know red is green, but come on, man. Just like, just like his father. And also just, okay, okay, JR, just calling it out right there. All right. Mm -hmm. What did JR say? I think I missed it. He he said just that. It was like, oh, look like you cut around him the hairline. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, just call out that it's a clear blade job, dude. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we knew it was a clear blade job because they showed the replay and it's like, yeah, the part that his head hit was nowhere near where the blood is right now. So we know. And also, this is a chain link fence. Yeah, and it's chain link, not metal, so it ain't going to cut you like that unless it's barbed wire, which it's not. We got to talk about the final spot, though, because that's the real thing of this match. It's what's going to make this a memorable match going forward, because this final spot was gnarly. So Holy shit. Good. I love uh, the fact that he didn't do the typical thing of, like, standing there and looking and surveying and planning. He just, like, went up and fucking went for it. He went up and went for a blind frickin' moonsault. And nailed it. Basically clotheslining the shit out of Wardlow, making him crumple to the ground with a clothesline. Because he didn't get all of them otherwise. Uh, Wardlow did a decent job, though, selling it like death. Crumples the mat. They're gonna have so many views they can make it look like he just crushed Wardlow and killed him. And this cage being a little taller than most cages made it look extra scary. Like, really scary. Um, I've got nothing but good stuff to say about it. It was, it was a good finish 
This is what's going to sell your future cage matches, showing that spot over and over and over again. And also having Cody... I like the cool thing they had on the sides of the cage, too. Uh, which cool thing? Sorry. Uh, the, the pillars. Oh, the pillars, yeah. Those are good. I mean, it's a good thing to keep it stable and stuff, because... That's kind that's, of. I, that's just my point. It's a striking looking cage. I will say it is. It is a very Even unique with its cage. Issues, it's it's a neat looking cage, and yeah. it made that. I feel like that. You know, the fact that the cage does look so cool, it it helped with that spot. Like you're saying, like because it just made it be like, you know, again, like it made me feel like what I how I remember feeling in that match. I always talk about the the Christmas WWE match I went to, where it was the steel cage match between the Brotherhood and the Real Americans. And fucking mm-hmm. watching Cody fucking moonsault off that cage. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Just and yeah, to watch him do it again and like, Jesus, I'm amazed that he didn't die. Yeah, it, that's a scary, scary move he did. Let's let's be clear about that. That is that was a blind jump, and I'm sure he practiced it. I'm sure he did it with a crash pad sometime. In the afternoon before, something of that nature to completely break, you know, with what actually went on there. But that doesn't change the fact that's a scary thing that could end very poorly if you mess that up. But he didn't. And it turned into a great moment. And this turned into a pretty darn good dynamite. Not quite as solid as last week's, but hey. I, I, I still want to I, I want to call out, though, mm-hmm. the last, the, like, dynamite has been on such a hot run. Yeah, like it has. just just in terms of it match really quality, like yeah. the last three weeks of Dynamite have arguably had match of the year contenders. I I completely agree, and I think next week is going to be no different. I think we've had a good month string of matches that is going to just pay off. Hopefully, dividends. If nothing else, it'll be really good for the Rob to Revolution because next yeah. week, Daddios, we got a thirty minute Iron Man match, Pack and Omega going at it. Maybe did they have any have uh, any more pack promos this week? They did not have any pack promos this week, which is unfortunate. Oh, but man. I just don't think they had any time to get that in. Yeah, like Where? the steel cage match. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that it wasn't didn't take forever, but also felt like it could have stood to have maybe five more minutes. I agree. I completely agree with that. It, it kind of got shorted a bit through the um, theatrics of entrances and what have you. Yeah, like, when I saw that they were starting the entrances at 9.40, I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. how long are they giving this match? Yeah, exactly. So, but regardless, really good Dynamite. Again, hard to compare with last week's, which I think might have been one of the best Dynamites of all time, if not the best. And we're just rolling forward. Revolution is, I'm getting amped up for it already. There are some real good matchups coming for- forward from it. That's One last thing before we move on from Dynamite, though. Please do. I have some breaking news. Oh, shit. Okay. Let's hear it. Oh. We have the first oh. images of the AEW action figures. No, actually, I have yes. a point to bring up about this. I did not mention this, but during Dynamite tonight, they had a whole vignette about all the wrestlers being shown their action figures, their prototypes being debuted to them. And... Oh, it, did they? It was such a genuine moment for the Bucks to see their figures. And Dana Massey was entering the promo, basically saying, I, we've been working with um, the company. I think it's like 
I forget what the name of it is. It's uh, WCI, I think Jazz it is. Wears. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's and so the Bucks get to look at theirs. They're super impressed. They show it po- them doing their um, Bucks pose with the action figures, things of that nature. Kenny gets to see his. He's really amped about it. Jericho sees his. He's super impressed at the detail in the tights. They start showing everybody theirs. They show Brandy hers. She almost starts crying at how good it looks. And Cody's like, well, I've got to have one too if that's the case. And they bring it out right in front of him. And he just starts acting like a like a 10-year-old a who got his first action figure. They gave like him the hammer. Carver. And, yeah, they got the hammer. And it's they like gave him the sledgehammer. And, you know, he says, I, it was him, I think it was Brandy. Somebody said, it might have been Dana even, who said, oh, yeah, the hammer. People are, the kids are really going to, or the internet's really going to love this hammer. And they're not wrong, folks. Um, so, yeah, and there's also someone, some action figures they hadn't showed off. Like, um, they've also announced they're doing MJF, Darby Allen, nice. Britt Baker, Hangman Page, and uh, the Jurassic Express. Nice. I, I imagine and they might have some. Like, nice. I bet they'll show those, some of those, at least the faces. Seeing their action figures. So they're, um, they're showing them at uh, New York Toy Fair. Nice. That'd be really cool. And Which just on, so happens to be this weekend. Mm-hmm. Based on the stuff they were showing in these action figures, like, the build quality looks super good. Yeah. Like, um, Yeah, like, I'm I'm looking at, like, they've released some screenshots of, uh, of like, the first five action figures uh, here. Mm-hmm. Some professional screenshots of uh, Jericho, Cody, Omega, and the Bucks, and... God, this Omega one looks good. And not only that, but I don't think they showed it in the screenshots here, but he has the um, uh, the Kingdom Hearts jacket or whatever it is, the trench coat. Or, I don't know if it's Kingdom oh, Hearts. Wow. It's one, it, the anime one, the one with the straps and the black and silver. They showed it to him during the vignette and said, we can't let you put it on the action figure because it's, it's still a prototype and we don't have the, like, the articulation to open and close it just yet. But, you know, it, it will be an option for them to give him the jacket as well. So he's got so, his entrance gear. Because um, what this reminds me of is... I don't know if you guys collect WWE action figures. or I do not. Because I do. I have a huge... Well, we just tore my desk down, but once I get my display cabinets up... Like, I have mm-hmm. a lot of action figures. And there are... There's two lines of action figures. There's your standard line and there's your Elite Series. And your and these definitely feel like they're more in line with the WWE Elite Series. Mm, because gotcha. those These elite, have 25 points of articulation per figure. So, like, the Elite Series, what makes those unique is they'll come with... Like, I have a Shawn Michaels Elite one that comes with his entrance... His entrance gear, the, the chaps, and the European Championship... My Rick Rude one comes with an actual like cloth robe that you that you can put on him. Like the nice. elite ones, they're higher build quality, and they come with all the little extra stuff. Mm-hmm. These ones, nice. once they showed off the uh, Kenny Omega having the jacket, I'm like, these are comparable from what I'm looking to the high end WWE action figures. Yeah, I I'd have to agree with what they were showing because. They were showing, they did a lot of stop motion to show the animation of these figures and how they can move about. There is a tremendous amount of articulation on these figures. Like, this is this is not just kids' action figures where it rotates around. These figures can take about any pose, it looks like. It's really cool. All that said, while these figures do look very cool, pretty disappointed that they went with the, the double or nothing outfits for the Bucks. 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, like I, the the Elvis look is just boring. You could yeah. have done something so much cooler for the Bucks. You could have had one of their cool, flashy outfits. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Even the, just um... like, what what about if they did the fucking all out outfit? Yeah, where they're the fucking like demon skull bucks those are awesome mm-hmm. i would have thought honestly they would have just done the money one because that seems like the standard bucks outfit yeah for sure that too but yeah like i wonder i wonder we know that kenny omega is gonna have the jacket i wonder if like and we know we know cody's gonna have the sledgehammer i'm hoping yep. he's gonna have like probably the, the throne belt. Like I like because the figure doesn't look like it has the weight belt, but I wonder if it will. I wonder if the Bucks will have like their Elvis jackets at least to go with it. Yeah, hard to say if they'll have that or they'll have like little bits of money or something like that. Who knows what they could have? Um, I well, definitely well, see again, a picture. Well, so like to compare it to the Elite figures, though they will give you everything that that look had. Okay, gotcha. I mean, it's like by the same token, it's like I'm looking at Jericho and I'm thinking. They give him the title. They give him a microphone. There's yeah. a good chance he will not have his jacket, but it'd be interesting if he did. Like, uh, I have a festival of friendships. Will set. they give him a bottle of bubbly? I highly doubt it because they're going to want kids to be okay with this. I have a festival of friendships set. He's just got his comes, apple juice. A little bit of Jericho. the apple juice. He's got... It come, you can put on his outfit for either what he wore at the Festival of Friendship or just have, like, his ring gear on. It's got mm. the TV it, that you can actually... It's got um, the list of KO. It's got the picture that you can actually send your action figure through and break it. Nice. Like, they put, like... Does the list of KO, in fact, have his name on it? I haven't opened it up yet because I bought it just after we uh, dismantled my desk. Hmm. Uh, okay. But uh, I think from the pictures it does. Cool. So, like, there is definitely a high bar for wrestling action figures. Nice. This impresses me quite a bit that it could potentially go that far. Yeah, um, like, this is... Yeah, I mean, hey, good on AEW for bringing the quality. I mean, yeah. they, they've nailed it with this. It's like, and... This gives me encouragement for any other deals they start striking for other media, potentially video games, that uh, they need to start showing off now that they're a year old. Yeah, like, look, Ukes is working on it, okay? Uh, Give them all time in the world, just say that they're working on it, and I'll be happy. Like, nobody's looking for a yearly franchise here at AEW. We just want one that works. But, yeah, so I'm definitely hoping... I'm really excited for the AEW glitches with the, the hair exploding all over the place. I mean, look, Kenny Omega's just going Super Saiyan. <laughs> Anyways, that's all i got for NXT. Or, yeah, AEW. Let's talk NXT. Can we just... Because we are running long here. Yeah, we're going to play it's NXT. Do you care? Don't worry about it. Okay, uh, gotcha. But we will talk about the two actually important things that happen on this show the first being fuck kona reeves fuck kona reeves not in the sexual way either kona reeves had a fucking match no no they let kona reeves wrestle no 
Yeah, they let no. Kona Reeves wrestle and do things. No, I, no, nope, nope. I can't. I I don't want to. I can't accept this. Don't worry. Don't worry. He was crushed by fucking Keith Lee in like 45 seconds. Good. He should have been. Because Keith Lee, I can bask in that glory. I cannot bask in the glory of a tiny Kona Reeves, who is approximately three foot seven and, you know, the size of a corn cob last I checked. But I have some bad news for you. Oh, no. Will he be on next week? No. But guess who was on this week immediately after this match? Dajakovic. Boys, they're doing it again. God damn it! (laughs) Boys, they're doing it again. Keith Lee can have good matches with other people! The crowd chanted fight forever at them, and so Keith Lee was like, yeah, if William Regal approves it, we can fight forever. They no. say fight forever because they're literally fighting forever. It's not. No. Keith Lee is going to try and go to Raw, and he's going to get, like, drug into the ground through the mat by Dijakovic back to NXT land. It's, like, going to be a thing where he's standing at Raw, he's going to be, like, making his great debut, and he's drug into the ring, and then a puff of yellow smoke emits from the ring. No, they're just going to... We are not your kind. They're just going to debut Dijakovic on (laughs) Raw as well. I I mean... And then Keith Lee and Dijakovic are going to become friends. No, what's going to happen is that then William Reeves is going to pop. They sort of are friends, but sort of hate each other. Dijakovic and Keith Lee are going to be drugged into the ring then by William Regal, who pulls them both under, gives him a sinister, I'm going to kill you both, I'm very old look, and then yellow smoke puff emits from the ring. We are not your kind. And then they fight William Regal at War Games. Uh, Look, the War Games cat cannot be denied. It'll be Keith Lee, Keith Lee, Keith Lee, Keith Lee, and Keith Lee versus Dominic Dajakovic, Dominic Dajakovic, Dominic Dajakovic, Dominic, Dominic Dajakovic, and Dominic Dajakovic. How do they call him? I don't fucking know. They'll find a way. Camera work, man. That's a way better idea than I had. I thought it was just going to be Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic versus William Regal and the, and the War Games cat. Don't hurt the War Games cat, God damn it! No, they're going to win. The War Games cat can't be killed. Cannot be killed. This is proven. I have nothing to add there. It just can't be proven. I, I Trust me. Don't you dare yeah, touch exactly. the fucking you War Games cat. No. Don't you dare. Anyway, uh, yeah, basically, that was the only thing that really mattered on this show, let's okay. be honest. God damn it. Keith Lee, and, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic were destined to do this forever. This is like Gargano no, Ciampa, except like not with any build. It's just happening. It just keeps I, happening. It's Groundhog Day for NXT. I I will say that actually I was very impressed with NXT this week, not in the sense of I thought that it was a a particularly good show, but because they had a lot of people that they don't usually have on. Like they were, it felt like they were actually trying to do a decent job of being, of doing that classic NXT thing of like, Hey, here's a bunch of people you've never seen before. Like, isn't that cool? Like, again, it's still the the usual NXT problem of, who the fuck are these people? They don't have characters. What is going on here? And also you're making them mostly look like chumps. But yeah, I mean, at least it's something. Yeah. I mean, they got to make progress somewhere. They they have to put new faces out there. Even if we don't. 
Yes, please let me know. Let me know who these yeah. new people are who aren't Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. God. Well, let's run it down by doing the first of our fun games here of his NXT. Do you care? Leah Rush versus Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight Championship. Do you care? No. No. Yeah, no, it was fine. Devlin's Devlin won. Of course, of he, course did. he did. Uh, let's see what else. Um, hmm. Oh, hey, uh, Dakota Kai and that weird shit that happened to TakeOver. Do you care? No. Not really. I saw some clips of it. They tried to explain why Raquel Gonzalez is now on Dakota Kai's team. Uh, it didn't really make sense. It was basically, I watched Dakota get looked over. I've been looked over. I have your back. The reality is, is that Gonzalez's former tag team partner, Rhea Ripley, is now in a whole different stratosphere than her. She needs something. Pretty much. Anyway, uh, actually, another thing that they're doing, uh, this this show definitely did feel a lot like, hey, we've watched some of the things that Dynamite's been doing, and we're going to try and maybe, like, take some of those ideas. Like, say, for example announcing matches like weeks in advance so like instead of the thing they usually do like being like i don't know there'll be a match next week they went hey guess what in two weeks dakota kai and tegan Knox are gonna fight again in a steel cage yay which hey cool a lady mm-hmm. steel cage match that's that's neat that's still yeah. you know that's still a thing that they don't do often enough that this like i'm excited for it Sure would be cool if it wasn't a match that we just saw a bunch of permutations of. Yeah, it's like I thought the bluff match was always supposed to be the pay-per-view match, and I feel like they keep screwing that up in XT land. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, let's start with the first new person. Please. Austin Theory. All right. Do you care? I yes. heard things about this dude. Austin Theory, the former Evolve champion. He oh. made his NXT debut. Or oh, I think it was his NXT debut. A champion debuting in NXT. I've seen him on tele- I, I bet this is his first. I heard some like taping spoilers that he's starting to show up. So I bet this is his first. And he's a champion from Evolve. Or a former champion. But still, he should do really well. Really well. I'm looking forward to him. Yeah, he came out to have a match. Okay. And instead of having a match, then Ciampa came out. Okay. And just cut a promo in the ring. Oh. While Austin Theory was like, yo, what the fuck? I have a match. Jesus. And then Ciampa beat the shit out of Austin Theory because Austin Theory was like, Yo, what the fuck? Get out of here. I have a match. Now they're going to fight next week. I wonder who's going to win. No yeah, one exactly. The crowd was oddly dead for this promo. And I'm not sure if it's just like they really wanted to hear what Ciampa was saying. But like... This is like, I don't know, Ciampa was kind of weirdly low energy, like, which I think was kind of like he was going for, like, a tone for this promo, but, like, 
I don't think it really played that well, and the crowd just seemed kind of dead. It was this was a strange segment that didn't work for me at all. Do you think the crowd really would have rather just seen an Austin Theory match? Yes, I think so. Probably, yeah. Like, I think that's probably why the air was taken out of them. Is like, okay, we've seen Tommaso Ciampa. We know he can cut promos. Don't say with him. Just show. If he needs to say something, he can do it backstage. He did a really good job of that in the past. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get why they decided to do this. But yeah, that's hey, I don't run NXT, so doesn't matter to me. Uh, grizzled young veterans, do you care? No, no. They won a tag team match against a fucking team that doesn't make sense because it was Raul Mendoza and. For whatever reason, again, appearing out of the ether out of nowhere, fucking Joaquin Wild. What? <laughs> what? Oh, have you forgot? Oh, have you forgotten our favorite person, Joaquin Wild? He's not just wild. He was. He's not just wild. He's Joaquin Wild. Well, actually, obviously, he they lives in a society. Him, they brought him back because of the Oscars. So. I'm just going to say, you know, I, I, I like it. Oh, that's when... where he's been. He's been in a society. So, wait. Seriously, though, who was Joaquin Wild? <laughs> DJZ. Wow, it right. sounds like more he should be the Joaquin Dead. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I like DJZ. I wish they wouldn't call him this dumb name. Yeah, that's, that's a stupid name. fine. I don't have anything to say about it. I'm sure you don't. Crystal's Young Veterans won. Of course they did. God. The Broser Waits. Do you care? I yes, want actually. To. Okay, I'll, I'll accept yes. Matt Riddle cut a promo about the, how the reason that they don't have the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team Championship trophy anymore is because when they were they were partying super hard after winning the titles at TakeOver and the the trophy has a wellness policy violation, it's suspended for 30 days. All right. That's good. <laughs> okay, sure. And I fucking legitimately just laughed out loud. Because it that, was fucking, I just was fucking hilarious. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then, to answer a thing I was thinking literally earlier in the show as I was watching, being like, hey, whatever happened to that guy? Why the fuck did he resign? Fucking Odie Larkin came out! Whoa, um, yeah, right, he did resign, shoot. And Danny Birch! Hey, one, two. And they continued, yeah, one, two, continuing their thing of, hey, remember us? We're a tag team that doesn't win. Right, because it's only one, two, they don't have the three. They don't get the three. Remember when What's Sean Waltman doing in the NXT zone? Oh. Now he's six. That's too far to count. You counted too far. Oh, sorry. My mistake. Yeah, <laughs> your, your mistake. Remember when Remember when 2K did the mocap for Odie Lorcan when he had like a small tuft of hair and they just left it in? <laughs> And then Odie Lorcan had to come out and be like, yeah, I guess I had hair that day. I don't know. I don't know why my model looks like this. For the record, John, I know you're referencing the one, two, three kid, but I couldn't help but like give it to six. 
This match is cool. It sucks that Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch are such fucking bummers. Yeah. You know what? You want to get your money, Oni? Go to town. What the fuck are you doing sticking with this company? You know that all they have for you is just Jobber to the Stars tag team and also ran in 205 Live, but now you don't even get to be an also ran in 205 Live anymore because 205 Live barely exists and they're too busy putting like the 10 million people they just signed like six months ago. Yep. You know, Oni Lurkin, you could have really made a killing if you had just shown up in AEW, brought some other bald guy with you, and claimed you were the revival. Nobody would have known any better. Oh, man. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. You're, you're not wrong. Say so, yeah. Chelsea Green, do you care? No. I, nah, I mean, I know she is, but... I'm all out on they, her. They, she had a rematch with Caden Carter. After that match that they had a few weeks ago. Yay. So that she could get her win back. But oh, more boy. importantly, in the middle of the fucking match, it gets interrupted by Bianca Belair storming the ring to cut a promo. What the fuck? Why would they do that? She stormed the ring in the middle of the match to cut a promo on Charlotte. I hate this. Charlotte buries everything she touches. I saw this. And she's going to bury Bianca. (sighs) Weird. I saw this Rhea Ripley promo and what the fuck is with her promo style? It's her brutality. I don't know. Like, why is Rhea Ripley a bad promo? Brutal my ears, am I right? I feel like I have a hot take here that she may have never been a good promo. That she kind of lucked into yeah. okay promos based on how she talks. She's kind of just... Her speaking should be with her violence. I mean, yeah. for what it, for what it's worth, the most experience I've had with her being a promo is she plays extensively into the story mode of 2K20. Oh, boy. fucking awful. I bet she has... A lot of great lines she has to read there, and she does them so energetically. For uh, I'm like, I was willing to forgive her because it's 2K20. No one was a good. No one, actually, no. 2K20. No one gets out good. Let me rephrase that. Sean Waltman came across really well, being weird as fuck. Sean Waltman is weird as fuck. Joe didn't have some good line reads. Wendy, where's my arm? (laughs) Get in the arm, Wendy! (laughs) Buy a Commando 3 in store soon. 2K20's My Career Mode is the one good thing about that game, but holy shit, the My Career Mode's dumb as fuck, and I love it. Yeah, this has been well established. You go to hell. Okay, I oh yeah, you also do go to hell, it's true. Uh, but yeah, it's like... You go to hell in 2K20. We, I, I can't even. I can't even. I, I got, I got, I, before I even think about this any further, John, any other new people, please, please, somebody, anybody. No, but we Shit. didn't have Velveteen Dream versus Rod Strong, do you care? Uh, No. 
Velvetonk Drunk versus Rod Strunk? This match is fine. I mean, okay. the, here's the here's the thing that I will say about this match. Like, it, it was good, but also, A, putting on this match while there's that fucking cage match going on, not a great Ooh. look. Yeah, that's uh, that's an easy because way to bury look, it. I loved I love Dream. I love his character, but mm-hmm. like Dream is a much more interesting personality than he is an in ring performer. Let's say not to yeah. say that he's bad in ring, but no, like his his move set is you know it's it's kind of limited in a lot of ways, and he does a lot with that limited move set. But like it's not as fucking interesting as look at this fucking cage match. Yeah, it's like you know Rod Strunk. It would be taking, like, a vanilla Macho Man and putting up against a cage match. And, like, vanilla Macho Man, like, somebody without the Slim Jims or the hats or the tassels and not the voice or anything. So that's kind of what you're looking at. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, like, and part of it, I think, is just also, like, I just don't really like this character that Dream is playing. It's not that, like, I, it's not the, I'm not saying that I fucking have anything against the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream is a wonderful, fucking awesome character. But, like, he's basically just doing cowardly heel Rick Rude shit, but being the baby face. Which is very like, weird, even in 2020. We talked about this last week, but, like, it really, they, they just made it even more clear what the storyline is between him and Rod Strong. It, it really is just Rick Rude versus Jake the Snake, except this time Rick Rude is the baby face. I mean, in fairness, if you told me Rick Rude versus Jake the Snake back then, I'd be like, well, wait, which, which one's the good one? Like, Jake the Snake is it's also like, a bad guy, right? He, he's a snake. You can't trust snakes. It's like, it's really funny, and I, I love the fact like, that you're doing it, but also, should I really be cheering for a man that, like, airbrushed his wife's face, like, his opponent's wife's face onto his crotch? Can it just be two heels who hate each other a lot because they're different types of heels? I can't believe Paul Heyman is writing a cuck story on NXT now. <laughs> God. I hate this already now. This must be what the USA Network wants. So, uh, we've, we've got a, a man of ours going to jail. Can we just do a bunch of cuck angles? Thanks. Wait, who's going to jail? I don't know. You got that Chrisley guy, right? <laughs> I mean, look, we have yet to serve it. Look, we've been talking about a lot of people on this website that yeah. belong in jail, okay? Right. I'm just saying characters wanted because the ones we have are going to jail. I just needed to know if we had to do another countdown to prison. <laughs> No, 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 no. You got, you got, you got it handled. You got the right ones going to prison soon. Velveteen Dream won, and then was immediately murdered by the Undisputed Era afterwards. What a surprise! The person with the faction attacks the one who don't have faction. Weird. Do you Velveteen? That was, that was NXT. Steal, cool. steal NWA Powers theme song and give Velveteen Dream a faction called the Dream Warriors. Their theme song not into the fire anymore. Their theme song before the Into the Fire was uh, wasn't a Dream Warrior by Dawkins. Might have been. 
now that you implies just... more knowledge of power than I have. And now you got me thinking about weird stuff. Like, what if Velveteen Dream and Question Mark... Oh, wait, mark... sorry. It's a different Dawkins song. They're using Into the Fire by Dawkins, not Dream Warriors. The other song from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Richard Dawkins. It's Don Dawkins. Velveteen. Dawkins good band. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 might be a good film. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's not. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, it's good. I, it's okay. I don't know if I agree, but okay. Look, I'm going it's, to that. I, 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 I'm remembering it more after you said that. I'm like, it's good. I, okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's I got am, its moments. I, I think it I depends on how you that, approach it. Uh, to that queer analysis of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, though. That also includes a drag show. You should go to that. That sounds really fun. I already bought a ticket to that. Don't worry. The show is long. It needs to end now. Yeah, I was like, I, I do I have to find the Tice Chammer to get us to move forward, please? Please. Just play it. No. I'm the Tice Timer. It's me. Trace, where can we find you? Uh, if I ever get off of work more than one day a week on time, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash peaceegg. That's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G. I swear to God I stream sometimes. Um, tomorrow, probably, or by the time you hear this, it'll be today, you'll be It's already seeing... today. It's our, look, I'm West Coast. I got that advantage working for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when it is Thursday, you will see me and the guy who's not on here, Owen, probably tackling a new season of Fortnite. And maybe special friends will join. I don't know. I don't, I don't own any of you. And then Friday, I play Forza, because of course I do. Monday and Tuesday, I speed run. If I ever get a chance to speed run again, I'm going to set some world records. God damn it! Oh, at PSCG, don't ask me about your, your fucking energy. God damn it! That too, Oscar. Twitter at Osag the Great, Instagram at Osag the Great, Twitch.tv slash Osag the Great, eng.1966 at yahoo.ca on PayPal. Pay the man. Pay the man. Too tired to give real plugs. Just pay and the I've man. And I'm John Gavris K. Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Instagram at I am John GM, Twitch at I am or Twitch at Video underscore James, Twitter at I am John GM. That's the one I meant to say. Uh, I mean, I already plugged it, so I guess I might as well not play coy. Like I'm not going to fucking say it. Venmo and I am John. Pay the man. God damn it. Night. What else is there? We have a website that this is part of. It's ProWrestling.Cool. It's not what I'm talking about yet. You have to say the other thing. It's not just cool. cool. It's pay the man. (laughs) Close enough. Yeah. ProWrestling.Cool. That's our website. It's It's a website that we do things on. It's not just cool. It's not cool. God damn you. Hey, John. compensating. Hey, John. You know what pro wrestling cool is not just? Cool. What's that? It's not just cool. You know what it is? (laughs) What's that, Trace Owen? (laughs) It's not cool. (laughs) Shit, I had no idea. Well, you got me there.
You know, next time well, I'm just going to... How how cool is our website, though? It's, it's not cool. It's in the URL <laughs> and the name, because I'm, the name is just a URL. It's cool so hard we had to put it in the URL. We had to remind you, no, we actually are cool. We're the pets.com of the wrestling industry. (laughs) You mean we're going to go out of business? I mean... No, I mean mean I'm an annoying sock puppet on television. 90 days. (laughs) I don't actually know the pets.com commercial. It's a sock puppet dog. Go Go to... ProWrestling.cool to find our nonsense. Uh, Casual Friday, you won't find that this week. I know I promised that Teddy Cast was going to be this Friday, but and, yo, and we talked we about actually... Teddy Cast on uh, I'd rather not. So, oops. Yo, that's going to need some actual like editing because I want to make sure I get this right. So that'll be next Friday. Get hype. It's going through the lawyers right now. Yeah, the lawyers, lawyers of yeah, the lawyers of youth. Patreon dot cool, so that when Teddy Hart maybe sues hey, us, maybe I'll talk to my fight. stepdad for the first time in, in, in almost a year and fucking get him to vet it. <laughs> hey, we think a guy killed some ladies. Uh, you mind if maybe making sure we don't get sued about it? I can't believe we uncovered <laughs> wrestling's PizzaGate. Oh God damn it! Holy shit! Go give us money at Patreon.cool. For $1, you'll get the show notes to this episode and every other show that we do. For $5, you'll get a bunch of dumb podcasts, including Owen and I reviewing uh, NXT TakeOver Portland this weekend. Or, or uh, last weekend, or rather. Owen and I reviewing the Academy Awards. Or Oscar and I doing whatever the fuck we're going to do for Super Showdown. <laughs> Why? If we're smart, we won't do anything for Super Showdown. Yeah. We're not, though. That's it. This has been episode 18 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse podcast about professional wrestling. It's not just plur, it's We'll see you next week. <laughs> no! Fuck you! But what's Riho doing in the pizzeria? Brought to you by the Zonecast Network. Executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 